G'day and welcome to the first ever episode of the Women's Footy Podcast, Fitness Tips for the Female Footballer. I am really excited to be introducing myself as your host, Jacob Andre, and to this new rebranded version of the podcast, formerly known as The Mind Your Body Show. Now, it's going to be difficult for me, particularly over the next few episodes, to remember to call it the Women's Footy Podcast because it's been since 2017 since I've been doing The Mind Your Body Show. So it's now late 2023. It's been about six years of The Mind Your Body Show. It hasn't been consistent every single week. There's been 79 episodes to date. So this is episode number 80 of me podcasting, I didn't want to go and create a whole new podcast because I didn't know what I was going to do with the Mind Your Body Show. I didn't know if I wanted to go back to it. I just wanted to stick with one thing. And the whole purpose of this episode is to explain to you where the Women's Footy Podcast came from, why the idea came to niche down to this particular topic area. And the main reason for that is that I wanted to simplify my life and having a whole new podcast and having to do the artwork for it and all the other stuff and put that onto Apple Podcasts and Spotify and do all those things, I just thought that's just defeating the purpose. Let's just stick with the one thing, which is the Women's Footy Podcast, working with female footballers. And then if we want to, we can go back to the Mind Your Body Show at some point, or maybe the Mind Your Body Show can be something bigger. Who knows what the future holds, but for right now, it's all about being in the present and trying to simplify my life and do one thing and do it very well. So let's go right back and explain why the Women's Footy Podcast has come to be and how it all has done so. So if we go right back, I, I'm i your host, Jacob Andre, and I have been working with people as a strength and conditioning coach for a very long time. I got into fitness way back when I was 13 and that was because I wanted to lose weight. So I was always into sport. I loved sport. I loved being competitive and and playing. I was I played almost every sport. In fact, I remember going for a job interview when I was about 18 and the guy couldn't decide between me and another guy and he said, what sports have you played? And he tried to catch me out by um, finding that, you know, what sports I hadn't played. And I said, man, I've played every, pretty much every sport. And he thought I was being a little bit obnoxious and maybe I was a bit, but he said, oh, I bet you haven't done um, ice hockey. And I said, no, well, at the time, Darwin didn't have an ice skating center. I said, no, well, we don't have an ice skating center, but I've done roller hockey. And he said, oh, I bet you haven't done horse riding. And I said, well, in fact, I grew up at Hat Springs and we did have two horses and I did do um, equestrian. So I did do like horse riding and I'd done surf life saving. I'd done everything. So as a kid growing up right from when I was, you know, I don't even know what my first sport was, probably maybe soccer. I'm not, oh, gymnastics. It would have been gymnastics as a little kid probably. And uh, so I played all these different sports right through my teenage years and then into adulthood. <clears throat> but I was always a chubby kind of kid, loved my sugar. And so, and, and I ate a lot of food, I ate a lot of probably like processed foods. And so when I was 13, I decided I started to pay attention to my own body and I wanted to start looking good. Uh, and so I decided I was going to get fit. So we lived behind an oval, Malak Oval, and um, <clears throat> I decided I was going to start running laps. So I started with one lap every day for one week in the six-week Christmas school holidays. And I couldn't even run a full lap. I would only do half a lap and then I would stop. I did 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups. I had to break them up as well. I can't remember how many. It was probably like maybe 10 the first time, then five the next time, and then like ones and twos until I got to 50. And then I would then run the second half of the lap. So for that whole first week, I would run one lap, two half a laps at a time with 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups at the halfway point 
for each half lap. Then in the second week, I did two laps, again, half a lap at a time, 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups every half a lap. And then in the third week, three laps, half a lap at a time, up until week six, six laps, and only running, still only running half a lap at a time and doing 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups after every half a lap. From there, that was, I was about 13. I then got into surf lifesaving when I was 15, realized I was pretty good at the beach events, so the beach sprints and the flags. And then from that, got into athletics to try and improve my beach sprinting and then typically started to run 400s. I was started off as a sprinter, uh, started off with a 100, moved out to 200, moved out to 400, ultimately ended up moving out to 800, came back to 400 and, uh, and really enjoyed my time doing athletics. But through the surf lifesaving and going away and competing at the Aussies, which is the national carnival, as well as the interstates, which is where each state and territory sends away, except for ACT for obvious reasons, sends away a state team uh, with usually one beach competitor, one swimmer, and they also did board and one Ironman and they did um, uh, ski paddling. So because of that, I went and got myself a personal trainer, uh, did a six-week personal training program, and that got me into the gym at the age of 15 with the surf lifesaving. So my introduction to the gym happened at 15. From that, I was hooked on fitness and it's become a major part of my life ever since. Fast forward through to university days. I went off to university after high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. I remember walking up the back stairs to my parents' house in Malak um, at the start of the six-week Christmas holidays. I was 17 at this time. And my mum said she was reading the Saturday paper and she said, what are you going to do with yourself next year? And I said, oh, I don't know. All I really wanted to do, what I was really looking forward to doing was just getting a job in a fitness store like the athlete's foot. And uh, she goes, well, there's, what about teaching PE? You get 12 weeks off a year and you get to play sport all day long. And I was like, oh yeah, great. I didn't know just how much work would go into teaching, but I ultimately enrolled in this double degree in sports science and teaching, struggled through it the first couple of years, ended up pulling my finger out, doing the work I needed to do because I hadn't set myself up in year 11 and 12 to be able to uh, handle the university science work that I was going to be doing as part of this sports science degree. Ultimately ended up getting myself through that degree, you know, matured in the last, in the second two years, particularly in the last year. I remember getting my first HD in that last year and being so pumped with myself and then went out and started teaching. In teaching, I worked, I started in, I finished my degree in 2006. I started teaching in 2007. And in 2011, I decided to start my own fitness business, which was a boot camp. And I was running it at the school grounds where I was working, Sanderson Middle School. And from there, I remember the first two people that I got was the owner and the manager of the athlete's foot, which is where I had worked when I was at university. The thing that I wanted to do when I left school, I ended up doing it while I was at uni studying the double degree in sports science and teaching. Side note, I ended up while I was teaching um, in 2000 and uh, which years was it? It would have been 2010, 11, I took off and then 12 and 13. I did the, or was it 2010-11, I took 2012 off in 2013. Anyway, 2013, I completed a, a double, uh, sorry, a graduate diploma in psychology. But in 2011, I started this boot camp and I asked the owner if I could advertise my boot camp at the athlete's foot, the owner of the athlete's foot, if I could advertise there. And she said, yeah, me, me and the manager might come along. And so they were the first two and only people at the beginning. That then grew and ultimately moved on to doing a lot more work in fitness. I was 
teaching. I was running a fitness business on the side and I've always, since 2011, have run a fitness business on the side since then. So for 12 years now, I can't believe it's been that long. Anyway, in all of that time, I was then uh, asked to come on and do some work with the Aussie Rules umpires. So I did some work. I can't remember the exact years, but it would have been around 2013-ish, 14-ish, 15-ish. There was three years, six seasons. The the seasons were back-to-back. I was doing an NTFL season and a NEFL season back-to-back. So within three years, there were six seasons in there working with the Aussie Rules umpires and improving their fitness. From there, I was then asked if I would come on board as a fitness coach with Wanderers. And that all came about because someone from Wanderers had gone around to all of the primary schools and asked to advertise uh, their juniors in the school newsletter. And my mum was working at Karama Primary School and she was talking to the guy and said um, you know, he, about fitness and her son was like a fitness coach. And he said, oh, we might be looking for a fitness coach, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, asked me to call up Paul Motlop. I called Paul, spoke to Paul. I already knew Paul because I'd played um, footy, A-grade footy and um, and uh, Premier League football had become by then and B grade footy. I uh, played actually played my first Premier League football under Paul Motlop. And um, not that I played a lot of games of Premier League football, played uh, a few at Wanderers and a few at uh, Darwin Buffaloes. And um, Paul had, so Paul knew me and we had a chat and I came on board. And a lot of the work I was doing was just pretty much taking warm ups. I wasn't doing a lot. Halfway through that season, around Christmas time, Dean Rioli came on, who had obviously previously played football at Essendon in the AFL and uh, was an assistant coach and saw what I was doing and really liked what I was doing. And he said to me, look, at some point I want to – sorry, no, let me go back. So I was working with Wanderers for that first year and in that – doing that sort of side on, uh, that sort of very casual work, the next year I came back on board with Wanderers again and this time came on with the women specifically on another night. So instead of having the two nights a week with Wanderers, I then had, I think, four nights a week with Wanderers, two nights with the men, two nights with the women. And what I found were the women were really receptive to having a fitness coach there where the men typically saw it as a drag, like, oh, this is something that we've got to do. The fitness guy's out here to flog us. Not that that's any mentality that I like to have. I don't like just simply flogging people. It's about smart training the women really welcomed it we're like oh wow the fitness guy's coming out and he's going to do work with us so they really saw it as an opportunity as opposed to something that they had to do and so that would have been 2016 and I absolutely loved that experience and the way that women approached football and strength and conditioning coaches in particular so Dean came on um, halfway through the next year and said to me, look, I'm really, I really like what you're doing. Um, you know, would you come with me? I'm looking for a head coaching job next season. He got the job at Palmerston. We went out to Palmerston for two, two years, worked with the men and the women, mainly the men, but also worked with the women out there as well. Then he came back to Wanderers. I came with him. We had two more years back at Wanderers. And then from there, um, that both of us were sort of done. That was about four or five years uh, of pretty intense, you know, right through from day one of preseason to the last day of the season. It was like nine months of the year. It was quite draining. And I was, you know, raising a very young family as well at the time. And remembering this was only a side job on side job to a side job. I was teaching full time. I was running my fitness business on the side and then was then doing the footy stuff on the side of that. And so 
then from I obviously made a good enough impression on Dean because then in uh, 2019 he called me up and said, "Hey, what are you doing with yourself? Um, there might be an opportunity to be working with uh, one of the Adelaide Crows players." So I said, "Yep, keep me in mind. You know, um, let me know. Always, you know, willing to chat and um, and love it when my name's thrown around. Doesn't mean I'm gonna say yes, but you know, love it when I get the opportunity when people think of me. Um, it's a real privilege. And so nothing eventuated with that." in early to mid 2019 but then later in 2020 i had another phone call from dean said hey what are you doing with yourself and i had just gone back at that time i'd actually in all of this time had taken a break from teaching between 20 mid 2014 to 29 end of 2019 or mid 2019 and i'd worked at the institute of sport northern territory institute of sport um, for a couple of years did some stuff in at the uni working as a health and physical education lecturer at cdu and um, so, but through some personal circumstances, I ended up teaching full time and had just started again in 2020. Luckily, because of COVID, I was back to teaching full time and had a secure job. So it was perfect timing for me uh, in that whole uh, little thing that you may have heard of called COVID. But later in 2020, uh, I had this call from Dean. He said, hey, what are you doing with yourself? I said, oh, I'm back teaching full time. And he goes, oh, that that gig with Adelaide might be coming back up. Are you keen? And I said, yeah, for sure. And he goes, cool. I'm going to get the guy to give you a call. I'll send him your number. Are you happy with that? I said, yep. No raise any, um, any hung up. Literally less than five minutes later, I get a call from a guy called Phil Harper, who is the football operations manager for the women at the Adelaide Crows. And Phil says, Hey mate, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. That's great. And I was like, yeah, cool, man. Um, but like, but what and he and he was like oh you know like so i'll get in touch with you i'll get the strength industry coach um one of the coaches to get in touch with you we're going to talk about what to do with danielle this was danielle ponta and uh who was based in darwin she signed a contract with adelaide but she was going to stay in darwin and the backstory to that was that dean rioli was danielle ponta's manager danielle was in a sort of bidding not war but had an opportunity to go, was being asked to sign with Adelaide and with Gold Coast, both who had affiliations uh, with the Northern Territory, Adelaide previously and the Gold Coast currently. And Phil said to her, if we let you stay in Darwin for half of the season or half the week each, each week in season, would you sign with us? And the story goes, according to Dean, she couldn't grab the pen fast enough, signed on the dotted line with Adelaide, that was the deal. Phil then turns to Dean and says, well, we need to get someone to look after her. We don't no longer have the affiliation with the NT. Um, that's now the Gold Coast Suns. So we need to find someone external. Who, who do you recommend? And Dean said, according to Dean, and I absolutely love this, uh, it strikes my ego. It was like, I've got the guy for you. Leave it with me. I'll get in touch with him. And it was me. So he called me up and then this is how this all happened. I thought that I was going to have to do an interview and send a resume and do all this stuff. But it was all done and dusted. And I said, oh, I asked him, do you want me to send you a resume? Do we need to go through some questions? Do you want me to answer anything? And he goes, no, no, no. Dean's recommended you and I trust Dean's opinion. And if he says that you're the man for the job, then you're the man that we want. And I was like, wow, how good is that for a endorsement of your professionalism, your character, your knowledge, your skills? So I was over the moon and he said, how much do you charge? And I said, oh, and I didn't know how much to go and charge an AFL club. Uh, I had ideas on what I would charge for PT and group training and all this sort of thing. But I said, 
nah, it's okay. I've got a full-time job. And I was just over the moon to be asked. And I was already feeling good about myself after all of this. So I just said, no, nah, no, nah, it's okay. I'll, you know, I'm happy to do it for free. Um, I've got a full-time job. So, you know, like, I'll just help you out. And he laughed and said, no, nah, mate, we're going to pay you. You go away, have a think about it. Let me know what you want to charge. And, um, and, you know, get back to me with that price. So I was like, okay, great. Anyway, long story short, I ended up going away, speaking to a few people. I had a pretty broad range of uh, amounts to off to charge and I, I feel like I kind of went under um, a bit what I should have gone and felt completely content with that amount um, because I was certainly over-delivering, I believed. I ended up, you know, much over far over-delivering what I was charging and that's just my mentality. I think that everyone should be doing that no matter what, whether you're working for yourself in business or if you are doing, uh, you're just working as an employee, you should be over-delivering. Anyway, so we ended up doing this, uh, This we ended up making the, the, the thing to start working together and then that started in late January in the season starting. So there was no really pre-season that year. We went straight into in-season. Worked together for three seasons with the Adelaide Crows. That first year that I was involved, uh, made a grand final and lost it. Uh, the second year won the grand final and the third year didn't make the grand final. And um, so, but it was an awesome opportunity to get to be involved at a high high level. From that, I was then asked uh, by one of the assistant strength industry coaches um, at Richmond if I would look after one of their players, Stephanie Williams' knee ACL um, recoveries, and I was blown over the moon with the amount of autonomy I was given on that. So they said, "We've got her whole program here that you can follow. We fully trust you. Uh, we know your experience." So if you want to go and do anything of your own, please feel free to go and do so, anything that you want to do, or you can just adapt the program. So it's pretty much either do the program that we've given you, do your own program, or a hybrid of your own and ours. And I just thought that was amazing, um, you know, acknowledgement of where, uh, in, acknowledgement of my their belief in my knowledge. And so... Uh, and my skills and so I worked with Steph for about six weeks working on that um, ACL um, rehab so that was another great opportunity so I've worked with female footballers for a long time and in all of this I have been running a fam running a family and doing all this stuff you know personal stuff teaching um, between part-time and full-time and running all the fitness stuff and this came to a point where I was sick of having so many different things going on and I just decided that I wanted to really niche down on the one thing and through all of my online training, there was a few different groups of people. There, was the, there were the footballers, there were the rehab clients, there were the runners and the runners went from everything from a couch to 5K through to the Catherine Ultra Challenge, like six-hour events, you know, you know, there were 70.3 Ironman events, there was full marathons, there was half marathons, there was city to surf, there was everything in the running and there was a whole bunch of stuff in the rehab. And what I realised was that the, the most clients I had in one group was the football and were females within the football. And so as I was working, as I was sort of doing all this stuff online and I was getting more and more people come and approach me about training people, particularly in 2020, 
I decided in 2021, as because 2021, I had a couple of players approach me and ask me to help them get drafted. One was Eliza Shannon and the other was Dominic Carbone. Both ended up getting drafted to Hawthorne, both now at two different clubs, Dom at Western Bulldogs and Eliza at Kangaroos. And through that, I realised that I could help progress people across different levels. So work with the elite who are already at the top and keeping them up each week and keeping them fit for competing at the elite level. Bringing those from who were here to getting to that elite level and getting drafted and then working with those at local level who wanted to just play their best season. And through all of that, I decided that I was going to sit down this Christmas school holidays, six weeks, and write out a full 12-month periodized program, both for men and for women. And I ended up with multiple programs that took me weeks to write, but it was spread out across the 12 weeks. So I had this pre-designed 12, sorry, 12 months, this pre-designed 12-month program, which included a pre-season one of three months, a pre-season two of three months, so that made up the six-month pre-season, an in-season one of three months and an in-season two of three months, which made up the in-season. Then from there, it was then broken down further from those four three-monthly programs into four-week or monthly phases. And each phase had a purpose and it was all about building the athlete up from where they were at on day one of preseason to get them peaking for grand final day. And they could go through a development phase program, which is typically three days a week of strength, or you could go through a more mature athlete program which was four days a week so i had all this designed i looked at who i was working with the number one most common client was the female footballer and i had said this is who i need to work with this is who i want to just focus on and do this and do it well not just do it well but do it as best i could possibly do it not take away all of the other thoughts about everything else to do with half marathons and rehab of course if someone's got rehab and they come into a program then they can do will do that stuff but it was about working with female footballers so it then led me into what we were then going to offer so what do we offer we offer initially a one-on-one highly individualized six-week program so this is a six-week intensive one-on-one program which is going to be highly individualized to you That six-week program, you can do it or you don't have to do it. If you are in rehab and you really need a lot of work in rehab, this is ideal. If you're someone that wants a lot of support and work or someone to work with you really closely, then this is going to be for you this six-week intensive one-on-one program. Then we have the dynamic group coaching, which is the monthly subscription. And this is where most people go into. You can either start with this directly or you can go into this after the one-on-one intensive. So you can do the one-on-one six-week intensive and then transition into the mem- the monthly membership. Um, you, with the one-on-one, you could do rolling if you wanted to. You could do six-week one-on-one and then roll into another six-week one-on-one. At some point, ideally, you will transition into the group coaching. I call it dynamic group coaching because essentially it is personal group coaching because there is going to be, even though it's a, a program which has been designed for a group and you're going through it together with a group, you can go in wherever you are at. So if you are playing in a southern season and you're in pre-season, you start at that point. If you are in the north and you're playing in the NTFL, for example, and you are in in-season, then you start at the in-season. If you are 
four weeks into a season, then you start at phase two of in-season and then you can start exactly with where you're at in the season any time of the year, whether that be pre-season or in-season. Then from there, if someone just wants a taste to see what it's like to work with me, we then have a two-week intro package, which you can start off with. You get access to a program. It'll be an individualized program, and then you'll get coaching calls with me. The Dynamic Group Coaching includes so much stuff in it. I love the fact that we've got a great community in there. I'll jump in there and be doing stuff with the community. I'll be doing stuff um, one-on-one with people, sending messages, checking in, and we analyze game data. People often wear their Apple watches. They chuck it in their GPS pocket in their back if they don't have a GPS. Um, we'll go through and analyze that. Uh, we'll talk about it. We will do running analysis. They'll send me videos in there of their running. I'll analyze it, send it back. This is what you need to be working on. And that program, that dynamic group coaching program, is based on all of my years of knowledge working from local clubs through to the Northern Terrace Institute of Sport through to the Adelaide Crows and all of the other experience that I've had and all the connections that I've got and made now across high-performance sport in this country and beyond, including um, Canada, England, the US and so on. So it really is dynamic group coaching. It is a phenomenal um, program and I absolutely love it. And this is where we are focusing our efforts right now so that is why the women's footy podcast has come about i'm really excited about where this is going to go i'm really excited about just focusing on one thing to tell you the truth and doing it really well but i think that we are going to do some really good things in this space right through from developmental athletes teenage girls for example that want to and need to get stronger strengthen up their muscles their joints so that they less prone to injury improve their performance girls wanting to get drafted girls you know who are coming out of the afl aflw system and then wanting to come back in and keep a fitness program we've worked with men and women um, in that regard coming out of the AFL or AFLW and get back into local leagues that want to continue to get fit or just want something a little bit different um, to what they have been used to um, at the elite level where we can modify things for them in that way. So this is the Women's Footy Podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. I think you're going to like our first interview coming up uh, with Becky Taylor in our next episode and we're going to get some really great people and there's some stuff simmering below the surface that I'm really excited about. I can't say anything just yet, but there is a AFLW player that we are potentially going to be doing some work with who will be in our dynamic group coaching program. That That's as much as I'm going to say, and I feel like I've really said too much. So it's exciting times. I hope you like it. Please um, subscribe to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and head on over to our website, jacobandre.com to find out more information about women's footy. So this is all about empowering uh, the female footballer. This is the mind your, see, I told you I was going to do it. This is the women's footy podcast, fitness tips for the female footballer. Stay tuned for more.